What's up, y'all? Welcome to episode nine of Facts, the podcast that brings you authentic stories and experiences from black and brown individuals. I'm your host, Kevin Caraballo, and thank you for tuning in. Helping me with today's episode is guest speaker, Camry Bruno, who's a 21-year-old Queens-born spoken word poet and model who resigned in Trinidad and Tobago before she returned in 2018 to be a now senior at York College. Camry is a 2018 to 2019 NYC Youth Poet Laureate the Trinidad and Tobago First Citizen National Poetry Slam Champion of 2017, and the Miss Tobago Heritage Personality Queen of 2017. Her poems usually explore social issues that affect youth and are passionate about youth development. She identifies as an especially vocal advocate in both her work and writing for the rights of women, people of color, and other historical marginalized groups. She is the author of the book, Queen Bee Cavity, available on her website. First and foremost, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. No problem. So, you know, it has been a long time coming, but we finally got you on a podcast show. Right, I'm happy. And... <laughs> so my first question is like, what made you want to leave Trinidad and Tobago and come back to the city? You know, that's like a weighted question. I didn't want to leave when I left. I wanted to go to college. Um, I wasn't too sure where I wanted to go yet, but I knew that I wanted to be in New York. I got accepted to like SCAD and New England College. And like, I had the opportunity to go somewhere else. And I was just like, I want to, I want to be in New York because it's a place that I knew briefly and I wanted to know a little bit more about it. The main goal was really to, you know, go to college, but also to advance in my experience of like the arts and the nonprofit business as well as like specifically spoken with poetry. Got you. And what made you pick York out of all colleges? It was close by to where I was staying at the time. Uh, it was just like a bus ride away. I really wanted to go to Brooklyn College, but I knew nothing about like apartments or like school housing. And I started school in January. So it was a little bit difficult to navigate all of those things but I think it was more of like a something that was supposed to happen um because my mom went to York as well when she used to live here oh well that's dope (laughs) wow and did she kind of give you like some like you know some tips and advice about you know going to school in the city and particularly caught on your college uh she told me that like going to school in the city would be difficult which is why she advised me to go to York as well and I was supposed to like transfer, but I said that I'd stay and like go somewhere else for my master's. But, you know, she used to make her jokes about like having anthropology classes and like her Spanish classes, not knowing that like we most definitely have different teachers and like different practices from when she went to the school. Yeah. Did you ever regret like going to York? Like, hey, I should have just went to Brooklyn or I should have transferred? Um, sometimes. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> but uh i believe that like i was supposed to be there got you yeah that's cool though. don't worry you know every, everybody had their own opinion I, me personally i love york you know i went there as well and i had a dope experience you know like, uh, there's some things that they could work on Most but you know some you know certain things you you have to kind of like just work with you know with, with what you got in a right. way so you from trinidad and tobago so like I know they are known as Sister Island. So can you tell yeah. me like the difference between the two and what that experience is like? Uh, yeah, so it's one nation, two islands. I lived in Tobago for about eight 
nine years, but I went to Trinidad to go on my first tour um, with an organization called the Two Cent Movement, where we went touring around 50 schools to talk about gender-based violence through theater arts and poetry. But it, it's basically, you know, it's run by the same government. It's it's the same cultures. Um, Tobago is just a little bit richer in like heritage and like Trinidad is more focused on urbanization and and that kind of stuff. But it's it's the same place really. Same nice beaches and nice people. Yeah, better than better than over here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh man. But it seems like you was very active at a young age too, you know, oh, like joining yeah. organization. Yeah. That's uh, dope. And where do you get like that that those interests from? Was it from your parents? Mm, not really I started spoken with poetry like around the age of 14 I just wanted to find something new to do I already like mastered sports I was a track star I did the music like I've I've won my fair share of like music competitions and like I was just looking for something new um spoken with poetry came and it just stuck got you can you share some of the, like, the values that you grew up on? My values just really are based in like, you know, just knowing who you are, um, knowing where you come from, acknowledging where you come from and honoring that moving forward. Um, like, you know, never forget where you come from. Like I'm based on like honesty and, and uh, my fair share of activism and advocacy, uh, women's rights. Yeah. Okay. And I think right now is, is definitely, I don't know if you still are like, you know, you have that activist in you, but I think right now is definitely a time that is very needed, especially, you know, what's going on with like the whole George Floyd. Right. Um, you know, them, you know, people, officers killing black people for no no reason at all. So I think right now it's like, I'm, I'm happy to know that there's people like myself who have that mindset, like, yeah, I need to like be an advocate and, you know, stand up for what is right. Cause sometimes you don't have people who could like do those things, right? Or they, they're not really, like they don't have that value in a way, you know? So I think that's right. dope. It's always good to have. Yeah. And you spoke about like being a poet. Can you can you share like, you know, where does that passion stem from? Uh, So when I first started, the passion really didn't come from anything. I was just really looking for something to do, to be quite honest. You know, spoken with poetry is a, a what do you call it? It's like a literacy like a voice of literacy, um, like a rite of passage almost. I just found a, a outlet uh, to share my emotions and it turned into talking about social issues. And, you know, like from talking about social issues, it developed into incorporating activism and finding solutions for these issues because you know it doesn't really make any sense to talk about issues because you're just complaining um but finding the solutions is really essential for like growth and conversations uh higher than we are right now uh it also just like evokes the change that we want to see and i think that like spoken with poetry now has that power to do that i just really wanted to be a part of that yeah. And yeah, I think that's dope. Um, I think a lot of people don't know how valuable poetry is. Like, I know I was one of those students where you know I took like a speech class and we yeah. did poems. I wasn't really feeling it, but after, like after, well, I'm like, no, like you know, towards the end of the semester, where like I 
I did this work, right? I wrote like a piece myself. Mm-hmm. And, like it feels good because like you playing the work, you know, you playing the work, and also like people take from you know from your words. Like people don't know that words are very powerful. Most definitely. And I think um, when was it? About maybe two years ago, there was a fashion show, and you happened to be um, in it. And yeah. at the time, I didn't know you. And I think you did like a piece, like, you know, spoken word. And it was deep. I don't remember it word from word, but I remember it being like, damn, this this, this shit was hard. And I'm like, nah, she yeah. don't, you know, she, 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 she's about it, you know? Yeah. And it's funny that like, I came across your page. I'm like, yeah, I remember this girl. And then, you know, I did some research. I'm like, nah, I need her on my podcast. But, <laughs> you know, and that was just a glimpse, you know? Like, I just happened to be at that um stage. And, I, you know, I heard your voice. And I'm like, damn. And so, like, you know, words carry on forever, you know? So I think what you're doing is dope. Thank you. No problem. And being that, you know, I spoke about, your, you know, you being on stage at the fashion show, I also had the opportunity to see you on, you know, through YouTube, through, um, what's it called, TEDx CUNY stage. Mm-hmm. Can you speak about that experience? Yeah. So that was just like a, a full circle moment for me because when I first moved to New York, I was just looking for opportunities to brand myself, to just let people know that like I'm I'm the voice um, that's needed. Uh, I'm I'm like that passageway. And I was just I was I went to TEDx CUNY the year before and I just told myself that I was gonna be on that stage one day I I don't know what I'm gonna talk about but I'm gonna be there (laughs) so well last year I I went to them and I was just like they had a competition and I sent them an email um you know saying how interested I'd be in performing at TEDx CUNY I really just wanted to perform I didn't even want to like have my own TED talk I just really wanted to be on the stage and after I sent in my video interview they were just like your story is so amazing. We would like to hear more. We actually want to offer you the position to actually um, have a talk. And I was just like, oh, this is this is way more than I asked for. But I knew that I, I was going to be on the stage in one capacity or another. And it was really a, a humbling experience uh, just diving into like immigration and just diving into migration and just like showing the world how important it is to me to like carry a voice wherever you go. Yeah. And were you nervous? Cause when I saw it, like when I saw the video, you didn't seem nervous at all. Well, <laughs> I mean, like I'm I'm used to the stage, but this was like in a different capacity. I've I've never just been on a stage and like memorized an eleven piece poem, eleven minute piece poem. But like I just had my moment like a couple of days before where I had to just like absorb all of my words and like cry a little bit because it was really important to me. And like, I knew that it would change the way working with poetry is used. And I just had to like hold my voice strong and, and know that like the spoken word community is somewhat depending on me to, to do this well and that, you know, Gave me all the confidence I needed. Wow, that's a lot of pressure, man. <laughs> I can't imagine doing something like that. Right. What? Wow. Wow. And what would you like for people to take from your work? You know, because you, you did mention, like, you know, the spoken word community and this advocate from, you know, immigration, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, you know, women's empowerment. So, like, yeah, like, besides that, like, what is something else that you want people to take from your work? 
I I think it's like mainly two things. So like when I write, I just hope that someone hears my work and it inspires them to either write uh, poetry for themselves and like be confident enough to share their voice and their stories. But not only that, I, I really just want people to start conversations based on social issues. And like I perform for many people in many companies and like people who work in various arenas of, of life. Uh, I just really want them to take these messages that are like somewhat boring messages because people really think that social issues is something boring to listen to when it comes to like laws and policies. And like I'm taking these boring things and bringing them to life. Uh, so I just, you know, really want this method to be used to unborify <laughs> these topics. Yeah, and I think like what you said is definitely great because like you also are a student and you are like consuming you know all these knowledge from professors mm -hmm. and you know they say in ways where like it's not really interesting you know right. so it's cool that you could take the things that you learn and turn it into words that people can understand and feel to me I think that's dope you know and that leads to like you know what is your experience like in college right now you know and what degree are you pursuing yeah, so I'm pursuing a Bachelor of Science in Communication Technology with a minor in Sociology and a minor in Studio Arts. I really wanted to find a, a degree program that works for me in regards to experience. So, like, I've been able to practice website building, you know, like the second year of my degree, and I instead of like using those practices and experiences to create something that would be thrown away, I used it to build myself and to gain the knowledge that I would need for myself and my brand. Um, the sociology part is really just, you know, learning more about sociology. I always had a love for it and just, you know, learning more about society, learning about like why we are the way that we are. And I think that adds a, a uh, deeper understanding of what I do and studio arts is because, well, I like to paint and stuff. So why not? Yeah. And I think what you said too about like making the website, I mm -hmm. think that that part that you, you, you took from those classes is very, very important because, you know, it's everyday life. And like, like for example, I came across, um, you know, your, your content through the way you market yourself, you know? So like marketing, takes uh it takes you a long way you know right because uh, you can have great words you can have all these great things but if people don't know where to reach you then they're not going to hear it you right. know i think i think it needs a little bit more work um <laughs> but you know in a virtual space and just like marketing myself virtually because a lot of my marketing was done like face to face um, yeah. after people saw my performances but like you know this year with all of the performances being cut to zero because we're not outside um i think it's just really important for me now to just find different methods to to share my voice yeah and what's your most memorable moment thus far it could be in regards to like school or like this personal life uh i think it's the position of the new york city u poet laureate um, I think that that position, like the yearly position that Irwin Wood gave me was just an opportunity to redeem myself. 
in New York. It was just an opportunity to elevate myself. And it really gave me a lot of opportunities that I didn't think I would ever get. It really gave me like a, a push in the right direction. And like, I just, I, I'm so thankful uh, for that opportunity. It, it's helped me so much. Yeah. And earlier you mentioned, you know, having a website and stuff like that, right? And I, through, through your website, I actually had the opportunity to purchase your book, Queen Bee on Cavity, right? Yeah. And it was dope. Um, I don't know if you knew I purchased it, but I, I purchased it. Thank and you. me personally, I wanted to buy something that, like, that I could, like, learn, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I'm trying to, like, read books more often and just different literature, but really, like, you know, from a woman's perspective, we know more, like, Black, Afrocentric. A material just to kind of like make myself uh, like understand you know the history and stuff like that because right. like history is very important and one of my favorite texts from your book was the genesis that one was dope that was my favorite one that was really dope yeah. and there you spoke about like you know like the whole perspective of what a woman go through in regards to like you know meeting a guy and how a guy feels you know towards them mm-hmm. and you use different like you know, like references like um, towards the Bible and stuff like that, that I thought was cool. Can you speak more about that piece and other pieces that you enjoy writing about? Yeah, so that seems to be everyone's favorite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was actually one of the pieces that I did my first uh, animation on, uh, like my first voiceover of, and it, it was one of my favorite poems also. It, it was just an idea that came by that, you know, just made me realize that, you know, our Bible stories are not necessarily the things that are being honored today. And like women shouldn't be is secondary. We should be priority because there's a lot of things that are happening, you know, in regards to gender-based violence and discrimination uh, against women. And we're talking about like wage gaps and all of these things that you know shouldn't shouldn't be uh i just thought it was important to honor the fact that you know uh i think sometimes men just forget (laughs) where they come from um and like how strong a woman could be and there's no like concrete decision that women are stronger than men or men are stronger than women but we just need to honor each other's strengths and weaknesses um, but like the book really just talks about my journey through like womanhood and exploring femininity and just like relationships as well and just trying to figure out, you know, what's right, what's wrong, why do men do the things that they do, why do women do the things that they do, and moving towards that narrative and beyond um and showing what women can offer in the future, uh, as well as what what holds for us and in preparation for our big reveal when the women take over the world honestly yeah and i and i feel like like when you wrote each single poem like you did it in a way where you express yourself to the fullest but also you didn't like hurt nobody's feelings like the genesis like you didn't hurt my feelings at all you know and i i feel like you did it very eloquently and that to me that's difficult to do because sometimes like you know, you don't want to hurt nobody feelings. You want people to, to understand where you're coming from. Right. And I feel like you did all those things. Like, you did everything perfect, you know? Yeah, thank you. Like, you know. 
feminism isn't about like bashing men really yeah. <laughs> people just kind of forget that it's just like hey we deserve just as much as you do and just like making sure people understand what the definition of feminism is i think you know a lot of people wouldn't be offended based on what people say or just like honoring what women have to offer most definitely can you talk about the process like the process of like publishing your own book was it difficult who were the key individuals that helped you do it yeah so this book was a partnership with the uport laureate position that i had uh parts of my tenure included a published book so it was really just urban with nyc staff Adam Faulkner, Roya Marsh, and Al Gabriel, they really were the ones who helped me like edit the pieces and just understand like what publishing a book entails, as well as like, you know, the marketing and like book release and just like understanding the different side of, of what a what an artist is or what it means to be a spoken word poet from the business side. So it was it was difficult. The process took about eight, nine months. It was fun. It was really fun. And like me personally, I love to receive like critical feedback. So what was some of the critical feedbacks that you received? Were it, were it negative, positive? You know, it was constructive criticism. I went a little bit further to even invite one of my mentors back in Trinidad to read my draft and hear what he had to say. And what the constructive criticism that he really gave me was to make sure that I don't lose my voice, which is something I felt that I was losing when writing the book, especially translating stage poetry to page poetry. And I just really had to listen carefully to what he was saying and make sure that the culture is still in it and my words aren't being like censored um, in any way uh, to make sure that the book is actually from me. And like, once you read the book, you know that this is from the values and norm of Cameron Bruno. No, that's dope. And I think um, your mentor, like he did a wonderful job because you know, there were certain poems that I had to like kind of go on Google and see like what this word meant, <laughs> but that made it, really excited for me like you know i plan to work to understand to, to kind of like break down what you're trying to say you know yeah. I, to me i like doing that so i think if you didn't like do that it would have been completely different it wouldn't have had the you know the same effect you know right really experience uh, exactly yeah. you know and like and i learned a thing a tool from you as well you know coming from a different background so you know i think that was dope that he he um he helped you you know remain true to yourself yeah thank you no problem how did you feel when everything was said and done? Relieved. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just because I I made sure that I did so much that I would be able to reap the benefits afterwards. And I can say that I most definitely began to reap the benefits before we <laughs> was, you know, stuck inside. But um, I was just really relieved that I could pass on the honor to someone else who is just as strong and honorable as me um she's amazing and like I, I know that i i made the steps uh, a little bit easier i made the process a little bit easier for those who are to come after me yeah most definitely 
Lastly, what is one advice that you could give to the audience out there that are tuning in right now? Any words of encouragement, spoken words? Yeah. Um, right now, like right right now, continue rising. That's always one. But I think one of the main things is that activism doesn't necessarily look like what you think it looks like. Uh, activism and advocacy isn't only going out in the streets and protesting. It's about supporting yourself and supporting your community in any way that you see fit. Um, offer your services, barter and trade, like just make sure that whatever you're doing in regards of activism, don't let anyone tell you that you're um, doing something wrong. You know, creating art is a form of activism and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Powerful, powerful. If someone wants to get in contact with you, what is the best way for them to do so? Yes, so you could contact me via my website, www.cameronbruno.com, C-A-M-R-Y-N-B-R-U-N-O. My email is attached to the website, or you could contact me on Instagram at queen underscore cami3. All right, perfect. So I want to thank you for coming again. It was an honor. And yeah, like keep doing your thing, thank honestly. You. No problem. Before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Remember, you can connect and follow us on our social media pages to stay updated. Links will be provided in episode notes. Thank you for tuning in. Remember this, this is the only podcast that speaks facts.